feeling bitchy? Don't be bitchy alone. Listen to Why Am I So Bitchy with Sean Avia, where we'll have a humorous exploration of social and women's health issues with a feminist twist. It's a bitching good time. Welcome to Why Am I So Bitchy with Sean Avia. This episode is called Looking Backward to Move Forward, an exercise in self-reflection. Hey, why am I bitchy this week? Well, it's because I'm freezing cold, the fire's on, the furnace is on, the roads are slippery, and I've had a lot of technical difficulties with this episode. Anyway, I have persisted, something's getting produced, you're going to listen to it, and I hope you enjoy it. Have a good listen. Hey there, welcome to Why Am I So Bitchy, episode three. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit bitchy right now because I, this is like the third take of this and I've had some technical difficulty. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm going to move on. Um, Hopefully this take is just really good and it's probably going to be good enough because I've spent a lot of time on it already. Anyway, that's enough bitching, but um, this week I um, was prepping for this episode by an interesting article by one of my favorite new discoveries, Esther Perel. Esther is a relationship um, therapist um, of all sorts of couples, gay, straight, um, and interracial she likes to explore all sorts of different couples um so this is called what i'm talking about is from a article called letters from esther um, promises and resolutions and in um her article she starts talking about um how promises are an oath of accountability and we're usually promising ourselves or someone else things like I'll never cheat on you again I'll pay you back I'll be there for you but a resolution is more of a declaration of desire I thought that was really interestingly put Um, so something like I want to spend more time with my family and friends I want to lose weight and uh It's kind of a fantasy of a clean slate, Esther says, and it motivates us to change. But she asks, will we change? Um, Esther states, and I feel pretty uh, in sync with her on this, that when she makes a resolution, she often doesn't stick with it. Um, And uh, it's really... A lot of us feel when we make especially goals of restriction that it's really hard to stick to it and it is we 
kind of have an ambivalent feeling about it. So we say things, I want to, but I don't believe I can. I want to, but I'll feel guilty if I did. Um, and so uh, we feel the fantasy part is we feel like the promise that we will change um, with that promise to ourselves, the struggle will disappear. And we kind of fantasize about the other person that we could be. And it's, Esther says, very magical thinking. Um, anyway, so in that, how can we understand ourselves? So how can we um, understand the parts we perceive as shameful and they that shame holds us back so and how can we move forward from that instead of um burying them under uh unfulfilled um promises to ourselves so and i think it's kind of interesting too when we do that we often are promising ourselves like oh I'm going to lose weight and go to the gym all the time but we actually reward ourselves with chocolate cake or something like that which is counteractive to our goal and that doesn't mean we should never have a treat it's just kind of interesting that we often are sometimes um, sabotaging the very thing that we're trying to reach. Um, yeah, so it's pretty interesting how um, we're doing those things often, um, putting roadblocks in front of ourselves. And... Um, I think this is really interesting. Um, Esther is inviting us to think about the promises you need to break. Um, what She says, what would 2020 be like if our resolutions, that mental state of activation, was informed by the promises that we're finally ready to break? Um, anyway. That's something to think about. Uh, so when I was preparing for this podcast, um, one of the things um, Esther suggested, and I will post the article link um, so you can have a more in-depth uh, read. Um, I was thinking she suggested some poetry by David White and he has many poems but the ones I was drawn to happen to be about um, the um, Camino, a Camino that I took to um, which is a pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela so in 2016, my husband and I embarked on a long journey of walking um, from Pamplona to Santiago de Compostela. 
And these poems really made me reflect on that time and reflect on how much sometimes we accomplish and we don't really give ourselves credit for it. Um, And so I was thinking, I often talk about, especially when I returned from the Camino, I think I focused a lot on the negative things. Um, So not like, yeah, I did this amazing pilgrimage. I was like, yeah, I did that, but I cried every day for two weeks, which is true. Um, And that's still often part of my Camino story um, when I tell it because it was significant. But um, I, I think I don't often reflect on, you know, despite my crying every morning for at least an hour longer while I was getting on the road and walking and, you know, packing up my backpack for the day. I was tearful and um, it was, it was quite hard and I wasn't, I was just feeling really um, probably culture shocked and things like that. But the amazing thing is my partner walked beside me for those two weeks um, just being supportive as he could and we did end up having a discussion and because it was you know it was getting difficult for both of us that state of mind and I was just like he's like do we have to go home or um, you know he didn't want to just continue without me um And I was like, no, no, I'm only 20% miserable. It might look like I'm 80% miserable, but I'm not. It's like 20%, I just... And that discussion just kind of flipped a switch on for me. And I was able to move through the rest of the journey without that kind of intense emotional state, um, which was really good. And we had other challenges to get through then. Uh, Victor had a pretty significant foot injury and we had to rest some days and take some buses um, just because, you know, and that was just part of the journey. We were mentally and and physically um, drained and it was okay. It was fine. But I think when I came home for a while I felt like because we didn't walk the entire time maybe we I wasn't successful or some other bullshit like I walked 600 kilometers in 30 days it's pretty darn good um anyway so I was drawn to these poems by David White because of that experience for me and Um, I just think that they're really conducive to self-reflection and I kind of want people to take from this episode this idea of you have to look back to see where you've come from, to see that you're moving forward. And that was an actual 
um, thing I learned literally on the Camino from a follow traveler. We had climbed this big hill and were taking a rest and this guy just said, hey, don't forget to stop and look back so you can see where you've been. And that's always stuck with me. And often when I'm just hiking around here, I I try to remember that. And I think it's such a good metaphor for our our lives in general. We have to stop so we can see how far we've come. Stop and reflect and look back. So I'm going to read the poem by David White now um, called Finisterre. And here it goes. The road in the end taking the path the sun had taken into the western sea and the moon rising behind you as you stood where ground turned to ocean. No way to your future now but the way your shadow could take walking before you across water, going where shadows go. No way to make sense of a world that wouldn't let you pass except to call an end to the way you had come, to take out each frayed letter you had bought, brought and light their illumined corners and to read them as they drift, drifted into the western light, to empty your bags, to sort this and that, Sorry, that one is to sort this and to leave that and to promise what you needed to promise all along and to abandon the shoes that had brought you here right at the water's edge, not because you had given up, but because now you would find a different way to tread and because through it all, part of you would still walk on no matter how no matter how, over the waves. So Finisterre is um, the very end of the journey. If you stop, you can, you go to Santiago de Compostela and then you can walk three days further or take a bus like I did to Finisterre, which translates to the end of the earth. Um, and so this poem was written to, I believe, his niece by David White, who had completed the journey. And it was a reflection of the conversation they had about that part of her journey. Um, and I just thought it was beautiful and it, it really resonated with me, partly because I have done that journey well a lot because of that um, and the next poem I'm going to read is this is kind of in backwards order um, it's called Santiago so it's kind of more about the journey to Santiago de Compostela um, it is originally a um, religious pilgrimage and so the final destination is this big square in which the a very grand, grand church stands in Santiago um, and if you want when you're done your journey you can go into this church and um, take part in a mass 
which I didn't do because I was like, I'm not going into that church and there's so many people. Um, I was too anxious feeling for that. It's kind of interesting to me when we arrived in Santiago, uh, Victor was really eager to go to the square right away. And I was like, oh, I just want to check into my little hostel room here and chill out by myself for a while. I really needed to gather some energy before I went to the church. Um, and I think there's some regrets I have about that. I think it would have been interesting to experience the mass and and to kind of celebrate the end of the journey by walking straight to the square and which is mo what most people do but I really that wasn't my Camino that wasn't my journey so and that's okay uh, Victor and I made our own journey the whole way there it was there's like kind of prescribed stages that you can do each day and we often um, just made our own route and walked about 18 to 21 kilometers a day that was what was comfortable to us and it was you know carrying your backpack each day and letting things go along the way because you discover what you don't need and keeping some things you probably don't need but you really need their comfort um anyway if uh you're interested in um that journey you can find a lot of information about it online the Camino de Santiago de Compostela the way of St. James is the route we took and so this is the poem I'm getting to um Santiago by David White. The road seen, then not seen. The hillside hiding, then revealing the way you should take. The road dropping away from you, as if leaving you to walk on thin air, then catching you, holding you up when you thought you would fall. And the way forward, always in the end. The way that you followed. The way that carried you into your future that brought you to this place, no matter that it sometimes took your promise from you, no matter that it had to break your heart along the way, the sense of having walked from far inside yourself out into the revelation to have risked yourself for something that seemed to stand both inside you and far beyond you that called you back to the only road in the end that you could follow, walking as you did in your rags of love and speaking in the voice that by night became a prayer for safe arrival so that one day you realized that what you wanted had already happened long ago and in the dwelling place you had lived in before you began and that every step along the way you had carried the heart and the mind and the promise that first set you off and drew you on and that you were more marvelous in your simple wish to find a way than the gilded roofs of any destination you could reach. As if all along you had thought the end point might be a city 
with golden towers and cheering crowds and turning the corner at what you thought was the end of the road, you found just a simple reflection and a clear revelation beneath the face looking back and beneath it another invitation, all in one glimpse, like a person in place you had sought forever, like a broad field of freedom that beckoned you beyond, like another life and the road still stretching on. So that was Santiago by David White. Um, I just love this poem and I love this line here. Um, that you were more marvelous in your simple wish to find a way than the gilded roofs of any destination you could reach. I just love that. Like all of our dreams, all of our promises to ourselves, all of the things we like to challenge ourselves with, our imagination is more marvelous than any big journey that we can complete. The fact that we can dream it is what's marvelous. Executing it's great. But the fact that we are so creative to, to set these um, ideals for ourselves is really what's amazing. Um, anyway, so I just kind of wanted to invite um, listeners this week to take a breath, take a look back and recognize how far you've come this far in your life, no matter what your age. Um, I'm feeling pretty reflective this year. I've mentioned it before. I'm going to be turning 50. I'm really wanting to um, step out of my shell in many ways and act and do things that I've um kind of been fearful to do this podcast is one of those things I've been um, inspired uh, by um, podcasters like Esther who I've um, been talking about today uh, Nicole Byer from Why Won't You Date Me other podcasts I just thought hey that seems like fun and I've been talking about doing it for like six months and here I am doing the third episode now and um, I think it's great when we just take action and make things happen. Action is my word of the year, thanks to Laura and the women at uh, her HQ who I vision boarded for the year with. And um, yeah, that is kind of my thoughts today. Just remember to stop and look back and see where you have been and then you can look forward and see where you want to go enjoy the stillness and the time to reflect i hope you all have a good week that is this week's episode and Thanks for tuning in.
Hey there, just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in once again. I really appreciate the feedback I've been receiving and hopefully um, the mellow tone to this episode was okay for people. Mellow and reflective. Um, Anyway, hopefully next week I'll have a surprise guest and that will be a little bit more upbeat. It's really fun for me to have people to chat to. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for the patience through my learning curve on this and uh, keep listening.